Welcome inside the coach's room. Every week we talk to elite coaches and backroom staff about their experiences, how they develop and how they develop their players. Know what you're good at and do it. Or you're not good at just focus on things that you want to improve. That's the reason why we as coaches build exercises to help them in things they're not good at. But if you put the focus on the things that you're good at, you also have a pleasant session. An implicit way of learning. In this episode, we talk to Joop Oosterveld. Joop is the technical head of foundation phase at PSV Eindhoven and he's the assistant of the U18s. And we discuss the five pillars of development of PSV Eindhoven. Enjoy this conversation with the great Joop Oosterveld. Almost Bodo Glimt. Almost. What, almost. We're playing tonight. Interesting game. 1-1. One, one. Is that your prediction? Yeah. <laughs> or is that your bet? No, it's going to be one. <laughs> I can't place bets on PSV. <laughs> you can't. No, it's true. Okay, I hope it's good to have you again. Thank you. It's been, uh, it was episode 17 or something. Or yeah, fifth, or fifth. around that with Ido. Yeah. Yeah. With Ido, yeah. 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 It was a great conversation. Ooh. And uh, it was actually the first English version of our podcast. It was? Yeah. Cool. And, it, and because it's the oldest one, but also because it's a good one, it's, it's still one of the best uh, listened. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. Because uh, I think, well, that's my assumption that everybody, when, if, and, and anytime somebody discovers the podcast, they go to the list and you are the first, or you are in the first episode. So people probably will hear you for the second time. I'll think if we, there was no end time, we were still talking. It's unbelievable. so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ido was a great guest. When we prepared uh, this session, I said, okay, what, what's going to be the angle uh, and it maybe kind of relates to to the first podcast or the first uh, to to Edo as well. But I said, okay, let's let's talk about let's say the five pillars of of uh, of the of the uh, academy of, of PSV and specifically um, dedication. That that's maybe something to start with. And then why? Okay, yeah, yeah. We realize that a lot of coaches, also players, uh, need a lot of dedication. To finally get there, and yep. in your case, become a professional coach without, without being, being of having been a professional player. So let's start there. Yeah, I think everybody has a sort of pathway, and mine was um, it was quite sure when I was really young that I, I was not able to uh, have a professional career as a football player. So um, I made a decision at my I think about fourteen or fifteen years old, and of course, always everybody starts with grassroots football, amateur football at that level. So it's now, I'm 36 at the moment, so it cost me 22 years to become a professional coach at PSV at the moment. So if you, if you compare that with, with coaches at PSV, for example, they are three years at PSV and they are used to everything that's, that's at PSV because it's so professional. And if is that your, your start of your career, it, that's, that's, that's everything that you have that I had after 22 years. Yeah. So if you talk about dedication, it's different for, for, for anyone, but... If you compare it to me, I, I come from a small village with a lot of um, a lot of farmers, and they 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 want to work hard. So, I grew up in the, in the village, and I was not from there originally. So everybody um, 
ask me questions. Uh, who are you? Because we don't know you and we don't know your family. So then you have to you prove yourself. You have to convince people. And I was five, six years old at that moment. So that my pathway is from my past because that's dedication is one of the things. I have to convince everybody the last 22 years, maybe maybe before that, to, to prove myself as a person, but also as a coach. Yeah. That's the reason why I like dedication. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, before we move on, I'm going to add one question. Maybe you can do it as well. Because I think it looks just a little bit better on the camera. We look stupid, but with this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, sorry about that. But uh, I should have done it before we started. No, but... um. Uh, well, I don't know if I can relate. I come from a village from 500 people okay. from Friesland. Mm. And uh, a lot of my friends still live there and, and the life is pretty, uh, almost, I won't say easy, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, and I looked, looked going to study in Groningen and then moved to Amsterdam, blah, blah, blah. And it's also, you, you, you push your boundaries every time you take another step. And I think you did the same. You push your boundaries first to the local club, then to VVV, and then yeah, you and and you also I think, but this is my assumption, that you learn that it works. So if you push, something happens. Yeah, if I push, but but also, I think that environment was really good for me because if if you see me, I am I, I, I for me it's really hard to be in in a, in a crowded crowded places. Okay. Um. So it was really good to have a quiet quiet environment in a small village where. Everybody's equal. Uh, everybody stay um, stay normal, stay as you are. So I think that that environment was really good for me. And um, so then you have to if you have to push yourself, and it's not easy to convince because if you, if you uh, if you are a little bit stubborn like I am, you're a little bit cheeky. And cheekiness in a safe environment is really hard to really easy to uh, yeah. to develop. And it's even even harder if you if you live in Amsterdam or a big city like Eindhoven. So I think that environment was really cool. And then, then it was easy for me to push myself and to convince people, and that helped me um, to be uh, not a shy guy in a crowded place, but to show myself as as who I am. And so that I think that that pathway was a really good start for me to be uh, to be there in a small village yeah. instead of being in a, in a big city. Yeah. Otherwise, I I think I haven't developed myself as a as a as a person. Yeah, understand. And. Um then to connect it to, to dedication, what does it mean from, let's say, a local guy to become a coach and, and develop? Well, I know your story a little bit, but uh, what was an average week for you? Let's say when you're 19, 20, 20 22. Yeah, I went to, um, uh, I, I live in a really small village, so I, I went to a bigger village next to me with a, with a uh, uh, the JFC Kijk was the club. Yeah, which is pretty decent amateur Yeah, it club. was because they played, it was, a, it was an amateur club, but we played pro-level um, so I, I came there when I was 19 years old and I was uh, on a 13 assistant coach in my first year. And after a few months, they promoted me to be the head coach over there. Um, and then my weeks, I, I, I worked in, uh, in, in a local bar. I worked with, uh, uh, how can I can say, I worked with trees, sort of nursery of, uh, of trees. Okay. Um, and then I, I started working with EFA, the Dutch Football Association, when I was around 21, but I had no education. So they said to me, well, maybe you, you, you talk really easy. You have a uh, philosophy of football. Maybe no education because you stopped school. Yeah, I, I quit school because I did um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the retail. And if you want to have a combination uh, retail with football. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because you have to work in the evening and the weekends. That was the time I have to, I want to be on the pitch to, uh, to coach games or train, uh, train some sessions. So 
I quit school when I was uh, 16, 17 because I did. If you looked at my youth, I was uh, in uh, in the bar. I was in the clubs. I was in restaurants. I always with, with people. Yeah. Because I I studied the University of Life. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's really cool for me. But that. Had, what did that your parents say? Sorry. What did you, so you're, you're 17? You're coming home, dad or mom? Yeah. I'm quitting school. I want to be a professional football coach. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, Sit down. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they uh, they support me always. They okay, cool. You, because I'm, it's an interesting story, by the way. This yeah. is not a common choice. No, no. That's, that was my part. Where it's, uh, from that start, that start my dedication. So in, in that weeks, I did everything to go to, to bars, to, to, to restaurants or to clubs. But I also been a football coach. And of course, you have to pay a little bit at home. Sure. Because you live there. Yeah, yeah. You want to do some nice things. You want to some fancy clothes. So I have to earn a lot of money. So I have, I think I worked in a bar. I worked in a nursery. I um, I worked on that club for f- 40 hours maybe. And then, of course, I went out on the weekend. So I, I, I didn't sleep many, many hours in that week. Um, but then the, the FA came. And then I have to be, normal day was uh, 7 o'clock, woke up. Then I went to the, uh, the tree nursery until 3, 4 o'clock. Then I have to be the, the, to go to the FA to give a course. Yeah. Then I went home 11 o'clock, work in a bar till three, four night. Yeah. And then day later, seven o'clock, starts over and over again. Yeah. And then the weekends, just like I like I said, have your weekends with football and with uh, with my friends. This is I well, I can definitely say this is dedication. Yeah. A dedication literally in this case meant four hours sleep, but it was clear that you were organizing your life for those two hours a day. Uh, when you were yeah. on the pitch and everything was kind of focused on that, uh, well, and I can I can pretty sh- I can w- say that probably you you earned the least at at those two hours. So everything was built around yeah, that, but right. it was not rewarding for money wise. So no. it was only passion that drove you. No, so I had a, I also job I had a job at the at the, the police for for two years. Okay, because well, one of the parents of the the team when I trained he had a job for me. And uh, what did you do? Um, I was in um, facility. Okay, yeah, facility. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Facility manager. Yeah, something. sort of facility manager. So I, was, I had to help him um, to arrange everything. So, uh, for example, uh, they found a drugs lab. They called me. It's cleaned I, up. And now I have to arrange everything. So okay. I, have to call, uh, the, I have to call the cleaning. I have to call the uh, <laughs> some police departments. So I did that for two years. But that was unreal. And I, I worked for, uh, by a, by a, I was cab, cab driver for a year. Wow! But all that again, I had so much experience with different persons, with yeah. different environments, and I hope, I hope, uh, took many experience with me, and that's the reason why I, I've I met so much different people in bars and restaurants and in the taxi and yeah. the police. That so that's the university of life, and I still use it now at PSV because there are also many different people. Yeah, the the, the teams that you train, different age groups from eleven till eighteen doesn't matter. Parents doesn't matter because I've met so many people that you see some similarities between the people that you train, that you coach now and that people that you met 20 years ago in a restaurant, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And well, a lot of people, if you, if you take the normal pathway and you go to school and you go to another school and you go to another school and then you have your uh, college uh, degree and you get a job that matches that and you're always into the same type of people. Yeah. And you met, well, you've been everywhere. A cab driver at night Meets interesting people yeah. and then cleaning a drugs lab the next day is also yeah. completely so, so real, different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, I, I call the prototype of life. Yeah. Like uh, when you are uh, six years old, they ask you what do you want to become when you're older. When you are twelve years old, what do you want to do in school? 
and then you are 16 years old and you have your um, your scooter license to drive a scooter. And then you're 18, you have your driver's license. Then you are 90 years old, you are single, they ask you a question. Why don't you have a girlfriend? Um, when you're 23, you live in a really small apartment. When you go, go buy a house, yeah. when you get married, when you have children. Yeah, and then start over and over again. That's sort of prototype life. And I, um, I promised myself when I was 40, 15 years old, whole my life, I do whatever you want to do. But don't don't have to prototype life like ninety nine percent of all the people in yeah. the world. Cool, cool, very cool. Okay, again, it says something about your dedication, um, but it also says something I think about the pathway that people think you have to have uh, to become something. Well, in this ca- this case, you wanted to become a coach. It doesn't matter which kind of school you did or whatever. I heard a story. It was a completely different setting, but. There was a company that wanted to hire a head of marketing and they ha- could hire the guy that went from, let's say, school to school to university and got his marketing degree. Or they could hire the guy that uh, figured out everything in online marketing on his, uh, on his his uh, in his bedroom. He was 44 years old, but he had five years experience in teaching himself. So, okay, who are you going to choose? Who is the best for, for the job? It's very interesting. It is, it is. And I, I believe in combinations of both. That's in the end, in the, end the best. And, this is my. It was my pathway, and you have so many talented coaches who are a professional football player. That's their pathway. Um, if you have uh, um, dedication in your in your school, and you you are twenty four, you have so many degrees, and then you start learning and experience. That's your pathway. And if you if a combination with all those different uh, persons, then you have in my in my eyes, you have the best uh, team. It doesn't matter if or it's in football or just in life or just yeah. on the average job that you have. If you have the same people together, they work against each other. If you have different people, you can learn from each other and then you have the perfect team that you want to create. So this is my part where it works for me, um, but it's not the same as, as yours, for example. No. So I, I don't want to don't want to say this is the best part way that you have to have to have to follow to be successful. Yeah, agree. I'm going to listen real quick because it seems like I hear something. Do you hear it or not? It's like a... Like a like a floating sound in the back or something. Mitch. Mitchell, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Ah, okay. I know what it is. It's the like the the air system on the lighting. I am pretty sure you won't hear it in the recording. Well, maybe we'll Hopefully. we'll cut this out. But otherwise we'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do start over. No, no, no. <laughs> just I just wanted to be sure. Okay. So that's that's dedication for you, for you, let's say, in your yeah. early phases. Um, uh, but if you relate it to your, to your job on the pitch, I think you'd see the same with players. So, again, my idea, but you have kids wake up at 7, go into the bus uh, to school, are picked up by the bus from PSV, uh, going, uh, doing their homework maybe here or at school, and they're coming back. Okay, this is a very nutshell, but coming back at 9 in the evening yeah. and... They're 12 years old. Yeah. So that's dedication. I think you can relate relatively easy. Yeah. When I, when I, because I'm now, I'm head of the youth, uh, at the youth uh, foundation phase at, at PSV. And when, when I came to PSV, they trained four and a half hours a week. And now we train 10 hours a week. Yeah. So that's, that's dedication and hard work that you need. Um, but also for, for parents and for your environment, it's also dedication because they have to travel with yeah. the boys to every training session. When we go to so many tournaments abroad, they have to follow their kids as they want to. So there's dedication for all of the family. But, um, and also for, for the kids, when they go to under 13, under 14, they have to be at school in Eindhoven. They have to travel by themselves. And that's yeah. also dedication because 
it's the first time you go by train to school or to train. So that means something for your ownership. I mean, you become an adult at 12 years old, but it's also dedication. But for the mom or for the dad, it's really hard to to set your your kid on on a train to Eindhoven. Yeah, and they are so nervous, or it's going well. They're going to make it on school, or going to make it to PSV. So it's dedication. If you teach them young, I believe in teach them young because we talk about golden years in, in skills to teach the skills to the boys. But I think it's all it's the same with um with the environment and also with the dedication. If you teach them to be adaptable, if you teach them to work hard, it's in a system. And yeah, they 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 are so angry after two and a half hour training session that they have to go to home. They want to train four hours a day yeah, yeah. if you ask them what to do. So don't put limit on training time. Let let them train that they want. This is sort of a dedication. Yeah. And you have to do it, otherwise you can't make it to the first team because that's so much dedication till 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 you reach the first team. And for for some is sixteen years old, it's the first step on the pitch with the first team. For some it's twenty two. Yeah. Totally different pathway, but it's in your system. It's also a sort of talent. Can you can you can you guide it? Can you teach it, or is it something that you have to have? I think it's both ways. Um, but if you look to uh, look to um, uh, environment at home, so the home situation for the kids. Some, if I, I'm alone at home, I don't have any yeah. brothers and sisters. But yeah. for me, it, it helped. But it also is disadvantages because I'm. It's really hard for me to work with with people because I've I did everything on my own. Yeah. If I, I I made mistakes, I went to my uh, my my room, and I and I was thinking, thinking, thinking. And the next day, I made a decision. I'm gonna do it today on that way to yeah. improve it. But I have also a lot of examples. But kids who are alone at home, because they don't, they don't have any brothers or sisters, they can't do it by themselves because they're not independent. So they need other people to to improve themselves, to develop themselves. So it's it's the same when I talk. If if, if someone uh, is alone, he's on the streets, he's streetwise, it helps for them. But a lot of people who aren't streetwise and they need they need a safe environment. So, but dedication is something that you have. It doesn't matter if you're with all the, all the people, if you're alone. If you have the dedication, you want to reach something and you want people to help you, you ask people to help you. Yeah. If you want to do it on your own, you do it on your own. And you, you reflect by doing things and, and reflect by yourself and don't sleep and think about what you have to do yeah. better the next day. But there is, I think, a way, and then we'll move on to the next one, but that you have to, because I think you have a lot of, let's say, um, uh, 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 answer that, that are, are you are you willing to give everything? And then they're in front of you at a desk, and yeah, of course, I'm, I'm going to give 100%. I exactly know how this works. And But then those kids and parents come into a life where everything is focused around that kid, bringing them five times a week. Dad has to leave work early mom has to deal with all uh, uh, tired kids and and an angry dad or whatever you cannot it's not textbook you have to guide it i think that's that's the reason why i like ownership that a kid from nine years old they are so smart if you ask them one question what do you need to become a better football player what do you need to help you in your life they give you clear answers okay They they are not stupid they're really smart kids because they have the talent to be independent because they find a way at an amateur level to be there the best player that's the reason why we recruit those players at PSV. Yeah. So they had successful things before they go to PSV. So they are a little bit independent. And you ask them, uh, what, what what do you need to become a better better football player? And some some asked uh, for their dads or for their moms because they helped them before they go to PSV. Uh, but that's also a sort of a talent. But the mistake that we make is that we think that we have to make the pathway for the player, that we have to make the... Uh, um, uh, 
the, 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 we have a book, a developing book, and we as coaches fill in yeah, yeah, yeah. what they want to improve. Yeah. But they can do it by themselves. They are so smart. They need they need they need what they what they have. If they know what they need. Uh, we have to guide it. And for one, we have to guide it every day. And for one, we have to ask them a question after one week. What have you done the last week? How can I help you in the next week? Yeah. So it's the same. It's dedication and ownership is for every, everyone different. But the mistake that we make and maybe former pro players make that they want to educate the kids what they have done in the past, what helped for yeah. them and not what helped for the players. It's the same with me. I, I, I live by working hard and for dedication, but not works for everybody. Yeah. So I have to, I have to, I have to convince myself by letting the kid do what they want to do. Yeah. So, so yeah, and maybe them. we think also that uh, that there is, let's say, an ideal pathway. But if I'm talking to you now, you're not the textbook uh, uh, okay. example. And it got me thinking about uh, uh, Denzel Dumfries, who played here, of course, um, who came into pro professional football when he was 19. Yeah. But everybody forgets that it was on his wall when he was 14. He was still playing at the local club. Yeah. And, and there are players... Okay, the textbook example is you come here at PSV when you're seven and you and you end and when you're 25 and then you were sold for 30 million. Yeah. But there are also guys that travel throughout Europe and they play everywhere and now all of a sudden they are not, it's not all of a sudden, no. that's what people see, but that is their route and then they become a top player when they're 28. Yeah, so Dumfries is a perfect example of uh, adaptability because he was in every club, he was there for two years and then he made a promotion to a bigger club and to a bigger club and to the Dutch national team. So you find a way to be adaptable. Um, doesn't matter who your teammates are, against who you play and who your coach is, you develop yourself by adaptability. And I think he teaches him young to be independent and adaptable. Yeah. And that worked for him at that moment. Yeah. We're, we were starting with dedication just to give some clarity. Uh, we're going to talk about the super strength, adaptability, ownership and mentorship. And yeah. But we, we okay, let's, let's find a way but we already see everything is intertwined. Yeah. Everything is connected. Yeah. Okay, but um, what I, um, uh, what a, we were kind of already moving to adaptability with, with Denzel here. Uh, so let's go there a little bit more. Um, so dedication is pretty clear, at yeah. least. Yeah. The concept is clear. Doing it is maybe the hardest thing in life. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a different thing. But being adaptable to any situation uh, for you as a coach, how did that uh, come out? It was um, I went to I went to West Ham, and um, of course I was adaptable because I had the same pathway like Dumfries. But I was by the, the club for four or five years, but it's sort of the same pathway. Of course, I was adaptable. Otherwise, I couldn't make it uh, in, in 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 that career. But if I was at West Ham with Terry Wesley, and he was head of youth academy, and I was there for six, seven days, and he asked me a question when I went home. Uh, Joop, are you a first-team coach or are you a developer? Yeah. And I was a first-team coach. I want to work with the 16 same players every day, a whole year, and I want to build a, a, a team atmosphere to win matches every Saturday. And he said, if you look to the individual pathway of each player, you are a developer, you have to develop the individual instead of the, instead of the team. Yeah. And I went to a session of, he was also um, on the 23s coach, and I went to a session it was a really good session with small-sided games. And then one guy went, uh, was injured. And then the, the pitch next to the uh, to the pitch where they trained was on a full team was training over there. And it was a big striker, and he had to replace the injured player by the 23s. But it was a difference by seven, eight years. Yeah. And I thought, what are you going to do? And then they play a small-sided game, and it was a striker. So the first chance that he that he, that he, that he he uh, took, he um, 
he shot next next to the goal, and everybody was angry because he had to pass the ball. Okay. The second time he was uh, he he took a shot on the goalkeeper, and then everybody was was, was unhappy about his performance. But then the third shot, he scored a goal, and he, uh, he put his finger before his mouth. It's shh to everybody. Fourteen year old. Fourteen years old. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, wow, this is really cool. And then the 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 fourth time, he had a first touch on the pass, and also a tackle from a guy behind him. Pass. It was a really hard tackle, and then he was injured. So then the medical staff came on the pitch and they uh, they drove him away in a car, and that was in 50 minutes. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what happened? Yeah. So he's adapted. It is a little bit an extreme situation, it to is, be fair. It is. <laughs> if you look, if you talk about adaptability, he's not shy. No, he's true. not shy. He's really stubborn because he tried three times and he succeeded by scoring a goal. But then he was so arrogant, and then he got kicked by a guy who. who wasn't so talented. I was I player. was waiting for that to be fair. Ah, oh, cool, but that's so cool. So I I went to home with uh, with those lessons of that we have to we have to create adaptable players. And they said it's, it's another cool um, cool uh, part of that 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 story was he prepared uh, you 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 players for the first team, and he said to me the first part that they do in a session with the first team is they play a rondo. Yeah. Then you have a, a short passing uh, passing skill or drill. So you have to prepare them for that moment. So they did so, so much small side games, run those passing drills to prepare them for the first 45 minutes. Because if you are adaptable, but you are used to the same things they do in the first team, you're okay. But also as head of youth academy, because if you can't do it well in the first 45 minutes, the head of the youth academy get a call by the first team manager, I don't want those players anymore because yeah. not, they're not technical skills. True, yeah, true. Especially at those clubs where it's really separated. So... They, I, well, I don't know how it is now, but I can imagine that you had a first team that was top of the mount, yeah. and then you had a youth academy, and and only, they only looked at it when they needed it, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. But that's the reason why you need adaptables. So same with here at PSV, you have the youth academy at the one side and the first team at the other side, and, the, and you have to walk 200 meters to train with the first team, and they can't be in a dressing room because they have their own dressing room at the youth academy. Yeah. So you have to walk 300 meters to the first team, and you have to wait next to the pitch. When they come on a pitch and they can join them on the pitch, so wow. they don't they don't know which uh, which players are going to train because they haven't met them before in a dressing room. So you have to be adaptable players to prepare yourself on yeah. that moment yeah. and to be there in the rondo, to be there in the passing drill, to, to be the best version. But it's hard if you are a dribbler yeah. because you can't dribble because you only have to pass in the first forty five minutes. Yeah. So we, that's the reason why I think if you're adaptable, so you have so many chances in your past to create. Uh, something in your mind to prepare yourself in each moment. So, for example, we go to tournaments to win that tournament. So everything is based on win that tournament to create an environment to prepare them in such high level that they have something, they have they have pain, they want to win. But then, then you have you ask the right questions afterwards. What have you done to prepare yourself on the final? I did that. I did that, and we won. So you have you find so many good ways to prepare yeah. yourself. Yeah. And if you find those those good moments and bad moments and prepare them on everything that can happen because they're adaptable. And it doesn't matter if you go to the first team, if you go to the national team, if you have to train with two or three years older, because you find a way to be adaptable at every moment. Yeah. Well, and there's a clear link to to playing and performing in the first team, because as a youth player, at one point you're good enough, you're going to be on the bench probably. And then the coach is, okay, come on, do your warm-up. And yeah. then you're there, 30,000 people. Doesn't matter what kind okay. of game it is. Maybe you're there's tough tension, whatever. You have to be there straight away. So you can almost say bitch and whine that you have to stay, stand on a gate. Yeah. But that's the least amount of worries yeah. you're going to get later. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's true. But that's, that's the same with, with this podcast. This is maybe my 
16 podcasts. And my first, I was really, I was really nervous. Yeah. Um, so now, now it's quite easy. Um, so because I was in a situation and I was quite adaptable because I did it, no worries. In my first webinar, I watched your screen and I saw at the top of my screen, there were 800 listeners to my <laughs> webinar. And at the end, after one and a half hour, there was 250 left. <laughs> so a lot of members, they quit the webinar. Like, oh, <laughs> what have I done? I screwed it. And now, two years later, it's quite easy. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it's the same with players. Yeah. No, I, well, I can relate to that with, uh, with uh, this being number 61 or something. So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely completely different than the first time. Coaches, sorry for the interruption. Besides the coaches room, I run another company called Football Tours. This is a full service touring company and we organize pre-season and winter training camps for professional football teams. We do this for both senior and youth teams and we take care of everything. Hotel, training accommodation, friendly matches, whatever you need. We give youth teams the opportunity to train at the best youth academies of the Netherlands. Academies like PSV, Feyenoord, AZ Alkmaar and the KNVB, you can train there with your team. So, if you are a professional coach, you need to organize your training camp. Or if you have a youth team and you want to train at the best facilities in the best academies of the Netherlands, go to footballtours.com and now pay attention tours is with a z so football tours with a z.com okay so adaptability comes from you as a coach um uh, and you you recognize that in that well that was an example that you yeah. that you realized okay this is really important also for you as a coach because i can imagine no, it's not. It's I don't, it's not to imagine. It's it's reality. As a coach, you also have to have to constantly adapt because you are talking about the the fourteen year old that's moved to the U twenty threes. But it also means at one point a coach sees an injury. Okay, he looks to the left. Oh, the U fourteens are training. Am I the coach that's going to pick the big player or not? Or when you are the U fourteen coach, oh oh, my big player is pulled. Yeah. Uh, how am I going to deal with that? It's the same. So it in, that one thing uh, requires adaptability from everybody that's involved. Yeah. yeah, that's the reason why I did it when I went to Venlo because I worked at VV Venlo at that moment. I was on a 17 coach, but also for responsible for the ages below. So I did the same. We we played in a stadium at MVV, and a 40 year old they they I I replaced them. Uh, he came in 20 minutes before the end of the game as a number 10, and I said to him, "You have to you have to." Poop a lot of pressure on their defenders. You have to be playable when we have the ball. And after 20 minutes, he was, it was done. He was so, it, it worked so really hard. But then it, the day later, he went to my office and I said to him, this week, you train with the 14s. Why? I, I was with the 17s for a week. No, you are the 14s. And I watched every session. I was every game. And if you don't work just as hard as you did in the MVV in the stadium last Saturday, we're going to quit. I, I'm not going to help you anymore. You have to train with the 13s. So if you if you demand everything, and it doesn't matter which age group who, who helps the kid, you have to be on your best every day. Yeah. Then you you can't be arrogant if you play with your own group. Um, but it's it's the same with coaches. That's the reason why I start with Terry Wesley. That with it, that with the 40s coach was really angry because he he want to win his game. 
But for the developing of the player, the striker was better to play 20 minutes with the 17s than 70 minutes with the 14s yeah. because it was easy for them at that moment. And when it was a session on Monday, he had a motivated kid who was more motivated than the two weeks before yeah. because he was used to the system of the 14s. It was every day the same. Just get some kids out of the context in a new context where they have to learn, have to deal with new things. That's so good for your uh, developing, but also for the coach because yeah. you have to replace someone else so you put all your attention to the second striker who normally you don't give attention because he's your second striker and the first striker has to score goals because then you win, then you win games and you drive home with good music because you've won the game. But you haven't put attention to the second striker the whole week. Yeah. So that's also adaptability for the coach. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the next step in adaptability is that, so first you realize, so at one point, okay, the first guy is pulled and in the second, uh, let's say the second level striker, you have to play with him. But you become really adaptable when you already plan for both scenarios, in my opinion. So then you know, okay, I can play with one or two, or number one or number two. And it doesn't matter anymore what the scenario is. I have adapted to the situation. Yeah. This is the same with training sessions. If you are, if you plan a session and you know players can be pulled or can be injured, you don't even have to no. adapt anymore. You are already adaptable because you already have found or written down your solution or whatever. But it's, it's the same with leadership, for example, because what we do in a foundation phase is a regular week is that a kid trains with two or three different age groups because a good dribbler, they needs resistance yeah. and good defenders. But also, in, if you talk about leadership, if you always follow because you train with a year older than you are, you, you, you always follow because you get guided by all the players. Yeah. Uh, but then you are in your own age group and go to the tournament and you're the captain, you have to lead your team. They struggle with it because they follow for the last three, four weeks. So put kids in different situations in different age groups like leadership or following, but also if you play the center, it's much harder to play the wing. So if you play a one-year-old with the wing and your own age group, you have to play the center. They struggle because you get used to it after one week. Yeah. But if it's every week is different, then you learn and then you develop yourself. But the problem is you have to build an organization around it where everybody thinks the same because that's the problem with us at PSV is that we have so many kids in our foundation phase and we split them on four centers. We have so many coaches. There have to be a clear pathway for each coach, but also a clear philosophy. And everybody has to fit in that program. If you if you want to be a team coach, if you're not adaptable, you want to train with the 14 same players every week, then go someone else. You're not used to to the system, then you don't want to work at PSV. So yeah. go, out, go out, go to another club. Yeah, okay, very clear. So that requires adaptability for the coaches that work here. You commit to 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 the system to the methodology. Yeah, but it's, it's cool. Like you know, Martin Lat is on the fourteen coach, and he asked last year he won the cup and he won the, won the league with the fourteens. And yesterday he was outside with our new on the thirteens group, our current on the twelve groups, and it was the same passion. It was the same uh, uh, organization around his exercises, and the kids they from twelve they think wow on the fourteen coach on the pitch. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I am assistant coach of the eighteens, but I also train the tens. Yeah, uh, Colin is on a thirteen coach, but he trains the tens and he trains the eighteens. Yeah, so it's adaptable for the coaches, but for their uh, developing, it's so good to train so many different ages and also different persons. Yeah, and that's really cool. Okay, put your ego aside. I think. Yeah, yeah, but but sometimes it helps you because at your own age group. Where you, you're, sure, sure. You're yeah, 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 like yeah, Colin yeah. is expert with the 13s, yeah, yeah. but we we stretch him with the 18s, and he find he find uh, a structure to work with the 18s, and he found relationship to help them, 
and it, it helps them to be a better 13 coach, but that's that's a comfort zone. Yeah. And but it but it tends you have to find uh, um, um, a sort of connection with the kid from 10, otherwise you can't learn. Yeah. And that's so much different than a more adult player like a 13 is. True. Okay. I think there's a nice connection because um, with the with the mentorship because a couple of sentences back you were like okay kids are in a leading position or in a following position um but you're also putting players well is it a, is it a leading position or is it a mentor position where they guide other players right yeah yeah you, you, you teach the most by telling everybody how how do how do you do it how how you do it how, how yeah. do you do it yeah, how you do it yeah yeah I'm sorry so explaining is the best way of yeah. best way to learn yeah that's that's what i meant um so you experience it by your own. You watch with me, for example, uh, like Tim. He's an under 18 player. He plays uh, with, uh, and he trained the first team for a week. And I have some some individual sessions with him where we watch to uh, his clips and to his game. And I have shown him some improvements. And okay, it, it helps him a little bit. But when he guides on a 13 kid, Sven at this moment, and he had two sessions with um, with the same uh, television, with the same um, uh, uh, game. So Sven watched sessions of Tim with the 18s yeah. and he gave him advice. But also Tim gave advice to the to the questions of Sven uh, where he asked him about his game. Cool. So, so they are literally in a room together yeah. watching a screen yeah. and yeah. watching either, either side's game. Yeah, and uh, the full-time analyst of the 18s, he was also there, Rick, yeah. and he, he guides it always and he said to me, wow, the, the guys from 12 years old are maybe smaller than some kids of the 18s. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And it's the same with like uh, like Amir of the 18s. He's a, he's a dribbler, so we connect him with Sayed from the 12s. He's also a dribbler, and they, they help each other by playing one v one indoor or one v one outside. Yeah. So this, they don't talk; they just play one one v one. And if you compare it with Sven and Tim, uh, they're talking and they have discussions. Yeah, yeah. They talk. They can talk Completely for one hour about types. football. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, there are so many connections there if you start thinking about it because. Now, when they walk past each other in the hallway, there's a connection. Yeah. Uh, when some, when the older one um, uh, is, uh, is getting his debut in the first team, there's a connection. Maybe in five years, the younger one also is yeah. in the first team, and he's already there. That's cool. So there's already a connection there. So yeah, there are, are a thousand ways that, that this is beneficial. And and in my that way, that in my way, that's the atmosphere that you need in the club. And in my previous clubs, like Fenlo and like uh, Kuik and my my home village. It was also uh, cozy after games because everybody watching to each other because you know each other. Yeah. So I think it's, you have to be the same things at PSV. If if you train every team in the youth academy and it's on Saturday and we play half past two, I'd be there at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So many sessions. But now you see under 18 players, they, they are there 11 o'clock to watch some to watch their the To watch the kids that they mentor or yeah. to watch the games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so it's the same with coaches because the 18 coach watch the game of the 10s. Yeah. Um, and then after the game of the 12s, they stay because they want to see the stars in the 18s. Yeah. So then you build an atmosphere in a club that you want because a familiar club. But now you have the same with the players that come from Amsterdam to Rotterdam to Utrecht to Germany to Belgium. But you have one connection that's PSV yeah. because they know each other by mentoring. It's the same with coaches, the, like colonies with the 18s, with the 30s, but also with the 10s. So everybody yeah. knows him. So that's really cool in, in an environment where you want to create a PSV. Yeah. Well, and that's also something that PSV stands for, I think. Yeah, that but it's really hard because we have so much players around around Holland that have different uh, backgrounds and different pathways. Yeah. So they don't have a connection with Eindhoven. They have a connection with Amsterdam or Rotterdam or Belgium or Germany. 
but it's it's not the, the I think the people made the DNA, not the club. Yeah, but that but you but you do kind of not kind of you you create a culture in the way that you work with each other that yeah. that that creates an atmosphere that that works. Yeah. So that you can literally influence it by if you don't do the mentorship, there's less connection. It's but it's based on people. Yeah. If 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 you if if the six people leave PSV and they come, there come six new people, then you have a new environment, a new DNA, because it depends on people. Of course, it depends on the club, but to be honest, it's not PSV. But if you say, for example, we have um we have a safe environment, and you tell everybody, I I tell PSV is a safe environment, but I don't have to say it because we own it. Yeah. And how more you say it, you don't believe in it. Yeah, true. Why do you have to say it then? Yeah. So if you say we are family club, every time I say it to you. We are not. Yeah. So yeah, when you come to PSV, you feel it because in our DNA, and that depends on people. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, well, I do feel it every time I'm here, so that's, that's positive. Good. That's the reason why you keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to sit in the studio, which is also fun. <laughs> yeah, you can eat after the session. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mitchell arranged me lunch, so yeah. Okay. Um, next one, I think, is uh, uh, going to ownership, and then we'll go to the last one, which is the super strength. Uh, you, you mentioned already, so being owner of your own process, but you can 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 use it in I think almost any aspect. But what is why is ownership so important, and what do you what do you mean with it? Yeah, if 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 I if I look to myself, if I was 14 years old and I want to be a pro coach, and I promised myself like my ownership uh, before my 13th, I want to be UEFA A course, and I want to have full time in football. So yeah. My partner was for 16 years, which was yeah. quite long at that moment. Yeah. It's pretty cool that you know what you want to be at 16. A lot of kids don't know. But no, okay, but if I don't make it to before my 30th birthday, I go out. I okay, go yeah, work yeah. in a bar forever. <laughs> and, and then I, and I'll find out what happens. But it's the same with um, with Olympic Games. If you walk 100 meters, you have one, what's one point, you have to be 9.72 seconds. So you work four years yeah, true. for 9, 9.60 of 72 uh, seconds. So then you find... Uh, uh, things that you need in those four years to be successful, you you find a golden medal. But I did the same. So I thought by myself, if if I'm not a pro player, I have no, um, that moment was really hard to become a UEFA A. Now it's quite easier, but that was really hard because, well, I think 18 players, of 18 places a year. Yeah. So then I find a way, okay, uh, I need to be work with the Dutch FA because otherwise they don't. That helps. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> otherwise I can't be on a course. So that's the reason why I trained Girls from 12 years old when I was 22 and everybody was laughing at me. Why are you training girls at 12 uh, years old? Well, like a regional plan or yeah, something? Yeah, regional plan of yeah, the GFA. Yeah. But I did it and I, I loved it and I did this, the same like I always did. And then they promote me to instructor, then promote me to everything. And it was one point that they said to me, uh, because there's districts in Holland, as you know, and there was a place available to go to England, to the to the, to the English FA with... Um, with really uh, important people of the Dutch FA, and I went by South too. So I was uh, with another guy, so we went to, um, and he said to me, do you have a suit? I don't have a suit, because I work in a bar, I, work <laughs> in a bar, so I don't have a suit. <laughs> so I bought a suit, really cheap suit, and I, I put it on, and I had um, a suitcase with me, small, small, because I think it's hand luggage, so yeah, yeah. and then I came, and I saw all, all the people in fancy clothes, and high class, and I oh, what I'm going to do. But then, they asked me some questions. What do you do? So I was really, and, and she was actually, I was telling about everything, what I did at the Cheve. And then we went to the plane. And of course, I had I, afterwards, I had to bring a bit, big suitcase, but I thought, yeah, hand luggage. Everybody was 
fancy fancy. I went went aside and I went. There was um, a, a woman went in the plane. What do you want to drink? And he had two euros in my pocket. So I said, uh, how how much is the cup of coffee? Uh, actually, one cup of coffee. And the guy next to me, he ordered. Um, pineapple juice, you know, <laughs> the breakfast, the croissants, <laughs> champagne, and it, well, he was he was a colleague from a Dutch cafe. He said, "Okay, take take one." So we don't have to pay for it because I was so stupid. I thought I have to pay for it like, <laughs> when I go on holiday. So then then we had a good conversation and uh, about two hours. And then he asked me a question. If I ask him one question, what do you do at the Dutch cafe? And he said, "I'm head of the education program at the Dutch cafe." But it was a really good start with a connection. Yeah. And then it was. Uh, Um, uh, Ton, Ton is his name. He's not the Dutch chef anymore. Okay, okay. Ton, uh, and so then uh, we went to that um, to that uh, congress, Dutch chef. It was three or four days, and I helped him to make a presentation at the final day. So I helped with him, but he sat, we sat in a bar till four o'clock in the morning with a Scottish chef. Um, but I was teached to drink a lot of beer, so there was what I did in my past was really <laughs> at that moment it was really good for me. <laughs> So uh, we stay until half past four and we make the presentations. And then I um, uh, signed myself for, the, for that UEFA A course. And they, okay, you can come on a conversation. And I went to the Dutch FA and I was aligned by a lot of applicants that wanted yeah, to be in that course. Sure. And I was in the same suit. I w- was with my um, a magnet board, a huge magnet board. Yeah, yeah. Back and I went inside. I was really nervous. And then I came inside and told the same guy, he was in the corridor and said to me, <laughs> welcome, come. And I have to be at uh, two o'clock was my conversation. I was at 12 o'clock to be right on time. And I was early on my conversation at all the guys that were waiting in the queue for that for that yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah. that moment. And then we sat on a cup of coffee and he said he said to me, You will help me on that week and I'll help you. We we skipped the conversation, we skipped the meeting, I let you through wow. on a Dutch of on that uh, Dutch course or the UEFA A course. So The prediction when I was 14 years old, you have to work with Dutch Chaffee to be on that course when I was 25, that helped me. Yeah. So again, to the ownership, if you make a clear plan, you set goals for yourself. I did it in 16 years. That's the reason why I'm already angry when when a guy come to me and said, I want to be full-time in football in two years. Yeah. Then he said, go away. Or yeah. someone else, you can't do it at PSV yeah. because you need a clear pathway uh, in your ownership. And it's, I said to you, it's my pathway that helped me uh, but ownership is that you prefer what you want to do to reach something, uh, and that that goes for for everything is different. So that's the reason why I, we like ownership. So we work with the book for the younger ages, developing book IDP, so individual development plan. Yeah. And he can after a game they have an evaluation of they reflect themselves by the book. But there's also a pathway in that book. So you see uh, Cody Gakpo when he was seven, he came to the academy, and now he's the best player in Holland. So which steps did he make to make it to the first team? So it's sort of a pathway, or so sort of stepping stones model. Yeah. So you go like you go once one stone forward, but you have to go two back to make one forward again. Yeah. So we create that pathway in our books, um, and the individual development plan instead of ownership. And ownership continues every time. Every yeah. year it starts over and over again. But every you, day. Every day. But if you make a plan for a week to win a match, or you make a plan for four years to reach something, yeah, as it's completely different. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, I agree. And it's also. Uh, is it also focused on around uh, uh, on what you as a person can influence and what what you can literally do and and maybe a circle of influence and a circle that is out of your out of your influence? Yeah, both both. Um, but it's also sometimes to help yourself if you if you feel sad if you fall down and you open your book and you see your pathway. You think I want to be the first team. 
I want to play in the stadium when I was 16 years old. And I want to play at Anfield when I'm 24. And he sees all the pictures of yeah. the stadiums. It helps you to keep motivating if you're a little bit down. So sometimes it helps you to motivate to do more because you made the plan. Sometimes you go one one step back to make two on forward. And so the help the books help you. So and the, the best part of ownership is that you can uh, you can choose mentors to help you, to guide you through that process. And the, I think the, the biggest problem in football is you have one coach for one year. And the, if the coach doesn't like you, you're, you're, you're ruined for that year. But if you don't like the coach, it's the same. True. But if you can choose your own mentor, you can choose your own mentors to help you. That's so good for your developing. Yeah. And what we do in football, you have a coach for one year, and then you have a stubborn coach a year later, and he does exactly the opposite. But it's an ongoing process, not for one year, but maybe for three, for four years. So that's the reason why I like that I'm still mentoring guys from 13 years old, what I've done for the last two years, and I can still help them in their yeah. developing yeah. because we have a good relationship. So why quit that process because they have a new coach? Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, so that that that's where it relates to uh, ownership again, or, or sorry, to uh, to mentorship again, and also. I, I think it's also interesting how it related to dedication because yes, I took 16 years to get a professional coach and you wanted to do it in two years. What kind of dedication is that? So yeah, that's very, so it's, again, it's all intertwined. Um, and for the, for the last one, and I think that's, you, well, you said yesterday, that's the reason why people get here, uh, which is their super strength or, or their ability, which, which they stand out with. Um, um, can you share a little bit about that? Because it's a, it's a term I hear a lot. Yeah. So, uh, you hear people or coaches talking about this is a weapon. Yeah. Uh, IX is talking about the cry of quality or whatever everybody. And this sounds a little bit the same, but can you explain the concept? Yeah. What, what I, my problem in football is, is that we, we look to what they can't, what, what people can't. So coaches and players, but if you just focus on what's your super strength that motivates you to help you. I like the word super strength. Yeah, that's, It's a cool yeah, word. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool word, but, but we just focus on what you can. So if you, if you, if you go to the first team and you, and you show what you, what you can, you, you get so motivated. So like uh, two, two weeks ago, or three 18 players that, that went to the first team for a session and he had a meeting before and I, I told them, why are you afraid of? And they all, were all afraid of what they can't. Now we do the opposite. What you can is to make a block tackle. So if you are afraid of Cody Gakpo, that you get injured when you make a tackle, you're always too late. But if you want to win the ball and to show this a block tackle, they that that's your super strength. But if we believe that the super strength is dribbling, scoring goals, you can't reach it when you play with the first team. But what's your super strength is have a block tackle. Or and so there was a, a point when you trained the first team and it made a block tackle, and everybody was happy and what about cheering well done well done and then he thought whoa the coach was right yeah. two hours ago but they like it that's my super strength so keep going by hard working and a super strength with the other one is dribbling and scoring some goals so why are you afraid of that i lose the ball so if you're afraid of losing the ball you will lose them yeah if you if you're not afraid so i said the first part is dribbling scoring um and i think after 12 minutes it was unbelievable he shot from 25 minutes and he scored short and goal and all the players were so happy for him and he boy he was so happy so he was and he was so confident so he did more 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 so if you focus on things where you're good at so just like in life if i if i had to focus myself on what i don't good at i was i was we were not here now at the moment yeah. 
And that's the reason why everybody's laughing about me. And at this moment, he is the best player anymore. But for two years ago, Jordan Henderson is the best player in the world. Yeah. And if I tell now everybody, he's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy coach. But if, if I tell them why, because he's not the best football player. He's outstanding to double his work hard, show him some leadership and pass the ball to someone with a, with a, with a Liverpool shirt. And he done that for the last... 12 years old but he knows what he's really good at yeah. but he also knows I can't dribble so he he never makes a dribble um, he's always in a position that he has plenty of time to make the right choice he's always in the small side he, he always has to the, the same mistakes because he's not really good at it and he won all the prizes in the world from the last five years yeah. every prize yeah. and he was captain he lifted the trophy every time and in my opinion that's that's the perfect example of dedication but also with outstanding ability because know what you're good at and do it. What you're not good at, just focus on things that you want to improve and where you test the things where you're really good at. And then you then you uh, still improve in things that you're not really good at because that's the reason why we as coaches build exercises to help them in things they're not good at. Yeah. But if you put the focus on the things that you're good at, you have always you also have a pleasant session. Yeah. Because that's your focus as a as a as a coach. An implicit way of learning. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the attitude is very interesting with your approach. If you would say, okay, uh, you have to shoot a penalty, and um, and if you start looking at the keeper, you know you know where the ball will end in the hands of the keeper yeah. or the goalkeeper. And if you are looking towards the the, the the corner, the top corner, that's where you want to put the ball. It's more likely that the ball will go there. Yeah. Okay, you have to still have to have the, the technique and the skills, whatever. But yeah, it's a great, and it's a really important process for players that they know. Because they get told, it's almost automatically. Because if uh, if you have an exam at school, you score ninety nine percent. Everybody's focused on that one thing. Yeah. Why? Or why didn't yeah. you have a ten? Or why didn't you have a hundred percent? Or everything is focused on that thing that you're not doing right. But it's the same. It's the opposite way. We have you have kids who are so demanding that they want to be the best on school, and then we said, no, 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 focus on football, not on school. So they are unhappy. They have the opposite way. So they are they are True, yeah. they are really unhappy if you score ninety nine out of hundred, like you mentioned. And and if you don't know that player, and you don't help him to make it hundred out of hundred, he's frustrating. Yeah. So that's the opposite way. Some kids want to be always the best and show them, let them show the best and be really hard on him and he isn't the best because that's the way he learns. Yeah. So it's it's all based on each individual. So True. You can't make a clear pathway for anyone because no. it's totally opposite for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and then and you also told me, okay, for you as a coach, there's also like a, some kind of super strength. But uh, again, it's really important that you know what your qualities are. Yeah, we went to Liverpool and uh, we spoke with Jurgen Klopp, and that's the best advice ever. And maybe that's the problem now. Uh, he said every year I want one or two new coaches uh, to help me as a coach to become to become a better manager because I have to surround myself by knowledge. Um, so how more knowledge is around me is better for every player, but also for myself. Um, but now you have some coaches, they think I can do everything because I have knowledge of everything, but you can't. So you have your own outstanding ability. So that what, I, what I like is I'm a coach. I, if I teach to do a technical sessions, everybody's going to laugh because that's <laughs> a really bad example. Two left feet or two right ones. Yeah, maybe four. <laughs> so then I ask Colin, for example, and he does the sessions. Well, with, if uh, you look at Colin, it's crazy That's cool. Yeah. And, and but but he's more focused on technical, less on tactical stuff. 
So when a third team player from Colin now, he needs something with tactical, go to Yo because he has more knowledge in tactical. Yeah. So if you know your own super strength, but you know the subset of your uh, your people around you, then you can help everybody because the knowledge is in your in your home at your academy. Yeah. So that's that's the best advice what we need. And what your preference as a coach is that you have people around you who are the same as you are because that's easy for you. If, if you say we go to play four to three and the guy next to you says, yeah, it's cool. Four to three. <laughs> that's really cool. There's no resistance. There's no resistance. Yeah. So yeah. that's the reason why you have to surround up opposite people around you to be a better coach, but you have to be really strong. But, but if you can't handle those, those, those people around you, yeah, you get frustrated by yourself. Yeah. But if you are a good manager and you have to you ask questions at one point and at the other point you say, no, stop arguing. We do it that way. Then you have a perfect example, a perfect surrounding to, to show your own super strength, but also to, get help from others that that they have super strength that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting pathway for a coach that, because it's not something you know from day one, no. you have to learn it. And then you have to get in, become in positions that you fail. And of course you need, you need to improve them, but sometimes you have to realize, okay, I cannot improve this. I just need to focus on other stuff. And this is not something Maybe it's, I don't know if it's related, but you cannot learn this in two years. Like the guys, I want to be a professional coach too. This no. takes time. And um, there's, there's uh, being coming a good coach is like becoming a good driver. Become like, you have to do it a lot of times just to learn what works, what doesn't work. And I think especially for young coaches, and I'm, I've been exactly the same young coach as well. You step on the pitch I had some natural leadership, so things go relatively easy. So there's not a lot of resistance in your environment. Uh, and then later on you discover when the when when the results are down or whatever things are not going the way you want, that's when you really, really improve. And that's when you really learn what you can do and what you need around you. Yeah, that's that's how, how, how you learn by yourself. But if you show your weaknesses to everybody, they see your qualities. That's also true. Um, and if you show you show your weaknesses and you convince them to help me to be a better, because they can use their super strength to to compensate your weaknesses, then then that's that's the point. And if you have stubborn coaches who are thirty years old, if they don't show your weaknesses, you're going to compensate, and everybody sees you're not really good at it. But you don't want to tell them because you're so stubborn. You're so. But this is not easy because as well, let's go to my perspective again. I don't know if you've been there, but. You you feel and when you were there with players, especially in high performance and the ego focused uh, surroundings in football, that you cannot fail. You have to no. be good at everything. But it, it's, but it starts with independency because if you if you if you have want to sign a new contract and you think the only thing that I need to have a new contract is good results on Saturday, you're all focused on good results on Saturday. So if you don't have it, you are unmotivated because you don't get the result. So you get angry on parents, on kids, on sessions if they don't. Uh, learn from you if they don't listen to you. But if you're independent and you think, if I have a good relationship with my players and I help the individual, then you get good results and then your focus is independent and then you get the result that you want. So as a coach, you have to be independent in every situation that you have, but you can do it after, like I am. I think since two years I'm independent now. Yeah. I can make my own results by not thinking what happens when we fail, when I fail. Yeah. So then you're independent and Hopefully, for young coaches, if you're 20, 24 or 22, and you have uh, a, a, a surrounding on an academy where people don't judge you on your result on Saturday, that's so cool. 
because I I I was at Venlo with the seventeen uh, on the seventeen, and I was the first one one year. I was oh, I had to have to win. I have to win. <laughs> because I thought there were like twenty thousand people watch my game every Saturday, but the result was there were only twenty, and all our all parents. And then I thought I have to fight with every parent. But I'm Roger Bunga, as you spoke yeah. with him. After I think sixteen months, we sat with a, with a angry parents, and he told the parents, "If you don't like Job as a coach, or if you don't." Um, support him in his philosophy in the way he work. You don't have confidence in me as head of Utrecht enemy. You don't have uh, uh, you don't have uh, a good feeling by the whole club, and then you have to go. Yeah. And since that moment, I thought, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Finally, there is a head of Utrecht enemy who helps me, so I can be independent because it's not based on the results, but yeah. it's result on based on the individual developing. So when I when I came to PSV as a head of the foundation, I thought I'm going to help them. I can help every coach. If you don't like my coach, you don't like me. So yeah. I did the same like Roger did it with me because I felt that moment, oh, finally yeah. someone helps me. Yeah. And of course, sometimes I, I, the parent is right or the kid is right, but I don't tell it because when you have a conversation, but afterwards I become really crazy on yeah, the coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not with the parent. Yeah, not I understand. Yeah, you always protect the team, yeah. uh, your team in this case, and then, but inside there can be friction. When the door is closed, there can be friction for of sure. Course, of yeah, course, yeah. Then, we, then we fight. Okay, interesting. Okay, I think um, we went over everything and like 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 I'm saying now for the 17th time, everything is intertwined, but we had the super strength, we ended with the super strength, we started with dedication, um, adaptability, which is in everything. Yeah. Um, mentorship was, I think it, I really liked the example with older players guiding younger players, uh, but you are also a mentor for your coaches, yeah. which is pretty clear, uh, and taking ownership, which is also, again, uh, in every step, literally in every step and in every part. It is, I, I, I'm I'm quite honored that those are the five elements in the youth academy that we have now. Um, from the 18s till the, the 9s, it's a clear philosophy on those elements because we believe that helps the individual player to reach the first team. And yeah, that's, that's the reason why we have a surrounding at the academy, yeah. those five pillars of five elements. And I think if you, if you talk with every coach at PSV, you can have the same conversation like what, what we have now at the moment because everybody had his own pathway with his own weaknesses and with his own strengths. And Not everybody worked on the bar. You worked on the bar. No, but everybody has his own typical typical pathway. Hopefully, yeah, great. hopefully. Yeah, great. Okay, it was great great to have you. Maybe we should do this like every year or something. Yeah, no problem. And then uh, <laughs> episode 110, we'll see you back. Yeah, no problem. Okay, Joop, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Coach's Room. Make sure to subscribe or rate us in your favorite podcast player or share this episode on your social media and we will make sure that you will get access to the best webinar that's available on our website. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I would be happy to connect.